Larissa Lonehill grew up on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota, one of the largest native reservations in the United States. Her family describes her as beautiful, caring, and funny, and a girl with a smile that everyone noticed. She was part of a large family and was the sixth of eight children, and Larissa herself would become a young mother at age 19. Although her baby's father and his family had custody, Larissa was still a devoted mom, often hitchhiking or walking miles just to see her baby. Life on the reservation was hard, and at one point Larissa moved 100 miles away to live with her sister in Rapid City. On October 2, 2016, after visiting her mother, she was picked up by her boyfriend to go to a nearby mall. She texted her cousin the next day about going to a party. Larissa would never be seen or heard from again. Where is Larissa Lonehill? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. The voices you just heard are that of Gabby Petito's parents, the case that has consumed the media for the last few weeks. Their new foundation, the Gabby Petito Foundation, is going to work at bringing more missing persons cases to the media. And I thought their words were fitting in this case. The case of a young woman who virtually went unnoticed for a very long time. Larissa Lonehill's case is one of the missing Indigenous women cases we are going to feature this month. The fact that this case has received little to no attention in the media since Larissa vanished, frankly, is appalling. This month, we are donating all monies from merch sales and Patreon to the MMIW organization, which focuses on helping murdered and missing Indigenous women and their families. I'll link both our Patreon and merch stores in the show notes if you are interested in checking them out. If you aren't following us on YouTube, I urge you to check out our corresponding videos to these cases. We are able to share photos, interviews, surveillance footage, maps, and more visuals to go along with these cases. This week, we put up the video for the Shakaya Blue Harding case. Another young woman vanished, and her case didn't receive the attention it deserved. You can find our channel under the Where Are They podcast. 
As always, if you have any feedback or case suggestions for us, please email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com or send me a DM on Instagram. You can find me at the Where Are They podcast. A couple quick updates. A private investigator is possibly making some headway in the Tyler Stice case. I shared their post on our Facebook page, but I urge you to go follow Finding Tyler Stice to watch for some updates. We covered Tyler's case several months ago, and it remains one of the most suspicious and tragic ones that we've talked about. Also, we've covered the case of Keeslyn Roberts, a young girl who vanished from a truck stop in Georgia. The family is hoping to use the push from the recent media coverage of Gabby Petito to shine some light on Keeslin's case. Despite how you feel about all of the recent coverage today in the media, one good thing that can come out of it is helping bring attention to other cases that need it. Showing the media that these cases can also be solved with some coverage, and they all deserve to be solved. I shared a GoFundMe that they have set up. They are working to raise the money to put up a billboard in the area where she disappeared. If you are interested, I also posted that link on Facebook. Please go check it out. I know it's impossible to help all these cases all the time raise money, but even $5 to $10 can make a difference if enough people do it. Or just sharing these posts and getting the word out can help reach people that can help in other ways. Before we jump into the story of Larissa Lonehill, I do want to give a big shout out and thank you to this week's featured partner, Mercari. The Mercari buying and selling app, your clutter can find a new home and make you some cash in the process. Take a few pics and then with a few clicks, your item is live and available. Mercari's reach is huge with over 19 million active users. And Mercari has one of the lowest selling fees and easiest shipping steps of all the selling apps out there. Not to mention, if you're looking to buy something in particular, Mercari probably has it. Their search and buy function is just as simple. Download Mercari today. Sign up with the link in our show notes and get a $10 buying credit and a $20 gift when you make your first $100 selling on Mercari. Again, you'll find the link in our show notes and on our social media accounts this week. So let's get into the life of Larissa Lonehill and what might have happened in October of 2016. Larissa was born and raised on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Her mom, Lisa, describes Larissa as a funny, cute, and caring child Traits her family said she carried with her into adulthood. Larissa was one of eight children in the family, and the family was close, but life on the reservation wasn't always easy. The Pine Ridge Reservation is located almost solely in the state of South Dakota and consists of over 2 million acres. It is one of the largest in the United States. It sits in the southwestern part of South Dakota and borders right up to the state of Nebraska. Larissa would attend school on the reservation, but would drop out before graduating high school. And it's not that uncommon on the reservation for many reasons, as almost 35% of high school students on reservations will drop out. 
I did a little research on this particular reservation and the statistics aren't great. It seems a part of the country that has been left behind with subpar resources, which includes education and healthcare. Jobs are scarce as well, and the Pine Ridge Reservation has the lowest per capita income of all the tribal reservations at just $8,768 per person. $8,000. The reservation belongs to the Oglala Lakota tribe and was established over 100 years ago. The reservation's healthcare is so poor, in fact, that there are organized groups of volunteers that travel there annually to help out. At age 19, Larissa had a daughter and was excited to become a mom. She would encounter some trouble, however, getting mixed up with the wrong people and dabbling in the drug scene. Her daughter would go live with the father's family. But Larissa was still determined to be a large part of her daughter's life and would do whatever it took to find rides to go see her daughter. She would even go as far as hitchhiking or even walking the several miles just so she could see her. At some point, Larissa decided to move in with her older sister, Carol, in Rapid City, South Dakota. Rapid City is located about 100 miles north from the reservation. And Larissa loved Carol's children and would read books to them all the time. She was a fantastic aunt to those kids. Overall, Larissa was great with the children and Carol appreciated the help. Larissa would even do household chores and help out around the home without being asked just going above and beyond helping. Larissa's mother said that was just the type of person Larissa was. Sometimes Larissa would come over to her place and cook for her or take care of her when she wasn't feeling good. She had a chronic illness and Larissa was a great caretaker for her. Larissa, according to family, was the type of person who would just start doing things for other people without being asked or expected to. She genuinely just wanted to help. In October of 2016, Larissa and Carol had an argument and Carol asked Larissa to move out. She had heard from another family member, actually, that Larissa was getting involved in drugs again and Carol wasn't going to put up with it. On October 2nd, Larissa went to her mom's house for a visit and to talk about the fight she had had with Carol. Lisa Lonehill, Larissa's mother, remembers that she and her daughter were outside on the patio of her townhome when she advised Larissa to go back to Carol, talk it over, and make amends, that that would be in Larissa's best interest. But for some reason during that conversation, Lisa started to get a dreaded feeling in the pit of her stomach. Larissa had her boyfriend and a female friend pick her up at the townhome that day, and they were going to head to Rushmore Mall and do some shopping and just hang out. But when Larissa walked out the door that afternoon, Lisa had a feeling that that would be the last time she would see her daughter. And she was right. On October 3rd, the very next day, one of Larissa's cousins received a text message from her saying that she was with these two male friends and they were going to go to a party. 
A few days would go by and Larissa's boyfriend started to become concerned because he couldn't reach her. He eventually contacted one of Larissa's brothers for help, and it would be her brother who would officially report her missing. Search efforts were virtually non-existent at first. After all, Larissa was a young adult woman, and she did have a little bit of a troubled history, and a very recent troubled history. Police did eventually talk to the boyfriend, who told them that on October 3rd, two men had come to the house that knew Larissa, and Larissa had introduced one of the men as her cousin. However, Larissa's family said that he was not a relative. Larissa would leave with these two men. Police next went to talk to the two men that she had reportedly left with that day. One man denied having seen Larissa at all. The other young man said that he did pick her up and he did take her to a party, but he dropped her off and left and hasn't talked to her since. Police did offer up a reward of $5,000 for any information regarding her disappearance. However, they had little to go on and her case would go cold. Her family fought for media attention, but didn't get much. A Facebook page was created for her in January of 2017 and now has just over 2,500 followers. I urge you to check it out and like her page and show your support to the family. The page is titled Searching for Larissa Lonehill. They also post information about what is happening with missing people from the indigenous community, and they do try to keep everyone updated in the search for Larissa. While police did investigate Larissa's case, it's really unclear how deep the searches went. In fact, South Dakota acknowledged that they didn't have any policies and procedures to record data of missing indigenous women, nor did they have procedures in place for searching for them. In July of 2019, the state of South Dakota passed a law that would require the State Division of Criminal Investigation to collect data on missing and murdered Indigenous people and create procedures and training for investigating cases involving women and children. So the state did step up and acknowledge that there was a problem and that they didn't understand how to deal with it but they seem to be taking steps to fix that. The goal was also to help unite non-tribal law enforcement and tribal law enforcement to work together better to find these missing people and solve these crimes. A domino effect would take place and the states of Montana, North Dakota, and Minnesota would follow suit, passing similar laws. As for Larissa Lonehill, what did her search look like? We can't be 100% sure as it was never really talked about much in the media. There were a few short articles from what looked to be local publications of the police just pleading the public to come forward with tips and help, but nothing more was discussed. The police would come forward again in 2020 and renew the $5,000 reward they had offered in Larissa's case but this time they said they believed she was deceased and the reward was for someone to lead them to her body. They also stated that they thought her body was likely somewhere within a 100 mile radius of South Dakota, but they never said why they believed that. 
Is it likely that they know something we don't? Absolutely. And I believe they do. Does it involve the two men that allegedly saw her on October 3rd? We also don't know. There have been no arrests, no charges filed, or even people of interest announced publicly. So what do we know? We know that Larissa was struggling, possibly. We know that she saw her boyfriend on October 3rd, according to him, and that she had texted a cousin that same day, telling her who she was with. We know at least one of those men denied being with her. However, we do have the word of the cousin in that text message saying that he was, and we also have the boyfriend saying that he did indeed pick her up. So was Larissa's text incorrect or possibly misunderstood? Or even the words of the boyfriend, were they misunderstood? Or was he mistaken? Or is this guy in question? Is he lying? And without a body and additional information from detectives, we do have a few possibilities in Larissa's case that we cannot rule out. Theory number one, Larissa walked away from her life. She was struggling. She had recently had a fight with her sister and didn't really have a stable place to live. She didn't have custody of her daughter. And if Larissa was involved with drugs, maybe she made the decision to leave and start over somewhere else. Maybe even one or both of the men who allegedly took her to the party, maybe they took her and dropped her off somewhere where Larissa had asked to go. Maybe she had asked them to keep quiet. And if the physical searches and her name and photo weren't broadcast over media, she could have left the state and went somewhere where no one knew her. Possibly even another reservation in the United States where law enforcement and tracking don't happen as proactively. Now, it's important to note that no one who knew Larissa does believe this happened. They don't think she would leave her family ever and especially leave her daughter. But without any evidence at all, the theory cannot be ruled out completely. Theory number two, Larissa overdosed. There was chatter that Larissa was involved with drugs again. Could she have possibly overdosed at the party and partygoers in a panic buried her body somewhere or took her somewhere? Police did say that they believe she is buried within 100 miles of Rapid City, but they haven't told us why. Theory number three, foul play. No one is quite sure why this might have happened, but if her body is indeed buried somewhere, someone had to do that. And why? What was the motive? Or was it an accident? As of right now, this is all we know. And South Dakota is a pretty vast state and has a lot of remote areas. And really, are there enough people out there looking for Larissa Lonehill? Police need the public's help in finding Larissa, and most importantly, the family needs answers. If Larissa is out there, she just needs to let her family know she is okay. And if she isn't, there needs to be justice for Larissa. Larissa now has a seven-year-old daughter who doesn't know her mother. 
And heartbreakingly, one of Larissa's brothers passed away just three weeks after Larissa disappeared. Her family has been through so much and needs some closure. They need answers. And I do want to share some interesting facts about South Dakota missing persons. About one third of missing persons reported in South Dakota are indigenous women. The total population of indigenous people in South Dakota is 8.8% with women being less than half of that. So you can see the disparity. If indigenous women make up 4% of the population, why do they account for 33% of all missing persons in South Dakota? Law enforcement on reservations is handled locally, but the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, oversees crime over tribal land across the entire United States. Larissa is described as a Native American female with brown hair and brown eyes. She is about five foot three inches tall and weighed about 130 pounds at the time of her disappearance. Lone Hill is a member of the Lakota Indian tribe. Her nickname is Rissa, and she may also be using the first name Lisa. She has a paw print tattoo on her hand and the words Mom, Lisa, and Luda tattooed elsewhere on her body. If you have any information regarding Larissa Lone Hill's disappearance, please contact the Rapid City Police Department at 605 605- 394-4134 or the tribal police at 605-867-5111. You can also text RCPD to 847-411 for anonymous tips as well. No matter what happened to Larissa, it's likely that someone knows something. People need to start talking. Please go like the page set up for her on Facebook if you can, searching for Larissa Lonehill, and share her story any way possible. The reason cases go viral in today's world isn't because they are picked up by CNN. It's because of the sheer mass of people on social media that share. Let's help Larissa's family. Thank you so much for listening to Larissa's story. If you have a case that you would like to suggest to us, please email canwefindthem at gmail.com. It is our goal to spread awareness of cases that fly under the radar, the ones that need more attention, the ones that should have more media attention. Also, as a reminder, proceeds from merch sales and Patreon are going to the MMIW cause this month. MMIW stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. I'll link our store and Patreon in the notes if you would like more info. And of course, a big thank you to Mercari for being this episode's featured partner. Please check Mercari out if they are new to you. It really is a great way to shop and even sell some of your own items and make some extra cash. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. We will be back again next week with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones. Bye.